You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and I am your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Shout out to everyone that has made Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day, and in this case, your first listen of the week. And this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, and that is because Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online is where the game starts. And hopefully I don't sound too tired or less energetic in this episode. And if I do, it's my apologies. I am just getting off of a long 13-hour flight. And you know if the flight is 13 hours, that means your travel day is probably an additional two or three hours longer because I had to get to the airport super early. Flew in out of Istanbul. And if you've ever been to Istanbul's airport, it is probably one of the biggest airports in the world. I love it because there's so many different cultures. Like, I mean, Istanbul is like the hub of the Middle East in a sense. So you get all your people coming from Europe. You get your people coming from Africa. You get your people coming from the Middle East to Asia, and they're flying all over the world. So it is it is the airport to me that shows how diverse this world is as far as just different cultures and ethnicities and so it's it's a big airport so you got to get there early so anyway I got there like three hours before my flight which sometimes is barely enough time that's how how crazy that airport is so my traveling day yesterday between that and baggage claim was about 16 hours and my body clock is just totally off right now it is 5 35 central time in the morning while i'm recording this so i only got like a couple hours of sleep but i was like knocked out sleep and then i was just wide awake as if it was noon and that's because and i've been in europe since november and so right now it's probably like two or three o'clock in the afternoon depending on where i'm at i've been traveling all over so Like I said, if I don't have my same energy, blame the lack of energy or just the fact that I have a little bit of jet lag. But in this episode, I'm going to give my mock draft 1.0. It's not necessarily a big board. I've done big boards, but this is a mock draft 1.0. And I'm going to pretty much base it off of my big board and I'm using the... The teams based off of the Tankathon standings, and actually these are the Tankathon standings based off of Sunday morning. I haven't had time to make an adjustment based off of the games that happened Sunday night. But this is based off of Sunday morning, and what I'm going to do in this draft, in this mock draft, is give my mock picks. Some of it is going to be based off of fit. I know a lot of times at... at this point in the draft, or at least in the first half of the draft, fit is not necessarily the, the the biggest concern. It's more so about grabbing the most talent. But I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to do a little bit based off of fit, how I think the players will fit, 
as if I am selecting for each individual in each individual team. That's an error coming from being tired. All right, let's get it started with number one, the Orlando Magic, and I have Orlando selecting Chet Holmgren. Now I began the season with Holmgren as number one on my big board, and he is back in the top spot after two months of being behind Duke's Paolo Banquero. Now the thing about Orlando, it is. They have a young, talented roster with a lot of players that have overlapping skill sets. So the front office and the coaching staff would definitely have their hands full trying to keep everyone happy and sorting out who's playing and who's staying in Orlando. Now, Holmgren is arguably the most unique prospect to enter the league in years. And that's due to his ability to protect the rim at a high level, space the floor. He can handle the rock and he can make plays for others. And speaking of his shooting... He has been on a tear lately. I know like at one point he was really struggling in the half court and he was only knocking down threes in transition. But right now he is up to 46% from three on three attempts per game. And he has been, I mean, like I said, he's been on a tear. I mean, just looking at his numbers from the past few games, two for five versus BYU, three for five versus San Diego, four for six versus Portland, Three for three versus Loyola, two for four versus San Francisco. I mean, dude is he is knocking down shots. And I mean, I know it's the WCC, but he looks a lot more comfortable. And then his game against BYU was the the difference maker for me. Twenty points, seventeen rebounds, six assists, and five block shots, and also chipped in a steal. I mean, that was an incredible performance. So I have Chet as number one. On, on my board, and number one going to the Magic. Now, Orlando could opt for Ben Carroll or Auburn's Jabari Smith here, but as I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a lot of redundancy in Orlando, and that is regardless of who they select at number one, if they were, in fact, to have the number one pick. All right, at number two, I have the Detroit Pistons selecting Duke's Paolo Bancaro, and he may be the most NBA-ready out of the top tier one prospects in this class. He's 6'10", 250, already has the NBA body, and he should be able to handle the upgrade in physicality. But that's if you think the NBA is more physical than college basketball. But I personally love the idea of pairing Ben Carroll and Kate Cunningham together. I think both can score. Both can create mismatches with their size and strength. And both are good passers. Then they can make teams pay for sending double teams if there is a mismatch. I think a Cade and Bancaro one-two combination would definitely bring some excitement back into Detroit and give Pistons fans hope. Speaking of Pistons fans, I got to go to a Pistons game. This thing that they're doing with this ice cam is hilarious to me. And it's basically they have a camera in the crowd and guys are showing off their jewelry and how many diamonds they have in their chains and in their watches. I think it's absolutely hilarious and it is so Detroit. So I would like to go to a game just to see that. And of course, you know, watch Kate Cunningham. All right. At number three, I have the Houston Rockets selecting Jabari Smith. Now Houston would have an easy choice here. And all they have to do is select who's ever left between Holmgren and Ben Carroll. Auburn's Jabari Smith will not fall any further than number three. But again, realistically, he could be the number one choice in June. A lot of people believe that he has the higher upside of the three prospects. He's younger than Holmgren and Bancaro, and he already possesses an elite skill set, which is his outside shooting. 
Now, for most of the season until Holmgren went on this tear, Jabari was the most efficient shooter from deep. But, again, Holmgren has passed him due to this hot streak. But I still see Jabari Smith as like, I was going to say like a modern-day Chris Bosh. That's kind of unfair to Bosh. But I see him as a Chris Bosh type with, I don't want to say even more three-point range, just more... He's, he's going to take more shots than Chris Bosh. And I heard an interview where Bosh even said that if he could do it all over again, he would have started shooting threes early because he was a little reluctant to shoot threes and space the floor. So at number three, I have the Houston Rockets selecting, I was going to say Chris Bosh, but <laughs> Jabari Smith again. Blame this on jet lag. All right, at number four, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder selecting Memphis center Jalen Duran. And at four is where the draft begins. Now, most mock drafts are going to have produced Jaden Ivey as the fourth pick. But for the Thunder, Duran makes the most sense here. He'll immediately bring an interior presence with his size, his rim protection, his rebounding. And he will fill a major positional need, which is something I don't think that Ivey would fill a need of position for the Thunder if, in fact, the draft went in this particular order. And another reason I think that this would be a great fit for the Thunder is because they already have a passing wizard in Josh Giddy, who will create some of the easy scoring opportunities and lobs and open looks that Durant just has not been able to get in Memphis. All right, and rounding out the top five, I have the Indiana Pacers selecting Jaden Ivey. Now, Ivey is not the most ideal fit for the Pacers on paper with a lot of people think he may play the same position as Chris Duarte, who they selected as the as a lottery pick in last year's draft. But they just created space for Ivy by trading Karis Levert. I found that out as soon as I got off the plane. And Levert is, I mean, he's super talented. He's had some injury issues, but the Cavs basically got him in exchange for a pack of Skittles and some Gatorade. Now, Ivy's an Indiana kid, so I think that helps. And the unofficially rebuilding Pacers can take their time and groom him to be their lead guard of the future. That may be controversial, but I believe playing as the primary ball handler is where I think he'll have the biggest advantage as he has the speed to basically live in the paint and shift defenses. Now, I have a theory that point guards are born and not developed, but Jaden Ivey could prove me wrong. All right, when we return, I'll round out the, the rest of the lottery. But next, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Now, this is the time of year that a lot of people have pretty much given up on their New Year's resolutions, which is crazy. It's only the first week of February. But if that's not you and you are sticking to your New Year's resolutions or you're struggling with it, but you want to eat something that's healthy, then I would suggest a Built Bar because a built bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is 100% chocolate, but now built bar has something a little bit different and it is called and it is the puffs. And the puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered with 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some of the incredible flavors. You got the yummy cinnamony churro. You got coconut marshmallow banana cream pie. So good. So many different flavors. And these are going to be your new favorite. 
And that is because, like I said, all built Bars are 100% real chocolate. And that includes the puffs. Yes, 100% real chocolate. They're low calories, high protein. They can replace your candy bars. And they are better. A typical, a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com. Scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. And most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They're all delicious. And like I said, there's new flavors coming out all the time. At Built Bar, it's all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked on NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And the NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. And the Locked on NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. So join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked on Fantasy Basketball Guru, Josh Lloyd to get the analysis on every blockbuster move. I hope it's an active trade deadline. It's one of my favorite days of the year. We got a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of trade going on this weekend with the Levert deal that I mentioned. We'll see what happens with Ben Simmons and James Harden if that deal is going to take place. But if it does, Locked On NBA YouTube channel is the place to be. Turn on your notifications so you will know when they go live. All right, it's Rafael with NBA Draft Junkies. I finished my top five. Now I'm going to go with number six. And I have the Sacramento Kings selecting Shaden Sharp. Now the Kings roster should look totally different in the next few days. And their log jam in the backcourt should clear up. Sharp is, he's the biggest wild card in this draft. Even though he has not played a college game and was not even expected to be in this draft class. But it looks as if he's going to be eligible since he'll turn 19 this year, and apparently he had enough credits to graduate high school prior to the season starting, which I don't understand how they did not know that. I, I don't know. Maybe they didn't know. But he's enrolled at Kentucky. He's not playing. I really doubt if we'll see him play for Kentucky this season. And, it, you know, to be honest with you, his draft stock is sky high right now. So it really makes sense for him to remain a mystery, as we've seen guys that were projected as top five picks back in September whose stock has really taken a hit by playing I mean of course you know I mean you want to see guys play but just how this whole weird draft space works out sometimes being a mystery is best for your draft stock now AJ Griffin would be a more logical choice here at least some people but he also has some concerns that are related to his injury history and the Kings have been bad for a while. I think the Terminator was the governor of California the last time the Kings were in the playoffs. So if they decide to swing for the fences on an unproven but super talented Sharp, I think it is worth the risk. All right, number seven, San Antonio Spurs. I have them selecting Keegan Murray. Murray's strong sophomore season has propelled him into this ideal situation where he will likely be San Antonio's opening night starter at the four for the 2022-23 season, if the draft ends up how I'm predicting it to, Murray scoring his rebounding and his shot blocking would be a welcomed addition to a Spurs team that finds itself in the lottery again after years and years of being a threat to make deep playoff runs. It's still really weird to go to like Tankathon and see 
the San Antonio Spurs as a projected to pick in the top 10, but Murray makes the most sense there. At number eight is the New Orleans Pelicans, and I am going with A.J. Griffin. And Griffin has lived up to all the hype surrounding his name or the hype that he had coming into the to the season all within the last few weeks. Duke brought him along slowly while he was recovering from an injury that he suffered in the preseason. But his combination of size, strength, the athleticism, the shooting, all of that was on display this weekend against their biggest rival, North Carolina. And Griffin could easily end up in the top five. But based off of the way I have it mocked, he falls to the Pelicans. And I'm sure he'll be greeted with open arms in the Crescent City by fellow Duke alums Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. And, I mean, I just remember like a couple years ago, it seems like half the roster was Duke players when they had J.J. Redick. Somebody else that they had on the team that I'm forgetting. Then they had Trajan Langdon. So there's a lot of Dukies down in Nolens, and I think A.J. Griffin would be a good fit there. And number nine, it is my Portland Trailblazers, and I have no idea if Portland is rebuilding or if they're tanking for a high draft pick that can help them make a playoff run next season. They traded Norm Powell, who they just signed for like 90 mil, and then they traded Covington. So basically two of their top six rotation players a few days ago so I'm going with Arizona sophomore Benedict Matherin here. Matherin has the athleticism and a three-point shooting. And more importantly, the size that is needed for a Portland team that has been small in the backcourt. I mean, there were times where they would start Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Norm Powell. And I'd say all three guys are like 6'3 or shorter. I, I give you 6'4 at the max. So I think Matherin would be a good fit next to Dame and CJ if the Blazers decide to keep them together. All right, number 10, I have the New York Knicks selecting Johnny Davis. And Johnny Davis could be selected higher. And I have no idea what is going on in New York and if major changes will be made at the deadline or in the summer. I really do not know what's going on. And Johnny Davis does not feel like a positional need, but I think he's the best player available I think he would provide a scoring punch along with this competitive fire that Knicks fans and even Tibbs. Tibbs will appreciate a guy like Johnny Davis. Some Knicks fans do not even want Tibbs there next year, so they would they would be upset if he was even coaching Johnny Davis. But at least for me, I don't see a situation where Alec Burks or Evan Fournier will be back next year and, and Davis could fill a vacancy that the Knicks would have in their rotation. But then again, Many thought the same thing after the Cam Reddish trade, and he is collecting DNPCDs in New York, just like he was in Atlanta. So sometimes you can ask for a trade, and you end up in a situation that is pretty much a lateral move. All right, at number 11, I have the Washington Wizards selecting Ty Ty Washington, and I'm on the record of saying I believe Ty Ty Washington will be the next Kentucky guard that outperforms his draft position which means he'd follow the footsteps of Gilgis Alexander, Tyler Hero, and even Tyrese Maxey. Now, I know there's a lot of uncertainty around Bradley Bill and his future in D.C. He has the option to sign an extension this summer. He can force the trade. He could even be gone by the end of the week. Either way, I think that Ty Ty would be an ideal point guard for the Wizards because he can play next to Bill if he's there. And if Bill is not there and they just decide to go into an all-out rebuild, then I think Ty Ty would be a good 
option as their point guard of the future. Number 12, the Atlanta Hawks. I know this would be really, really unpopular and make people scratch their heads. But if I'm the Atlanta Hawks, I'm going with Nikola Jovic, the 6'10 Serbian, who is not a lottery pick on many draft boards. Atlanta's coming off a trip to the conference finals, and they had high expectations coming into the season. I know that they've dealt with, like, COVID issues, injuries, poor play. They just struggled to score last night against the Mounds, and it has pushed them into the lottery. But I don't think that they'll be in the lottery at this time. or I don't think that they'll be in the lottery around the draft time. But you never know. I mean, I thought they were heading in the right direction, and it seems like it's just been up and down. But Atlanta has so much depth, and they have a franchise cornerstone in Trey Young, so I believe they can gamble on upside, and I believe Jovic's versatility would be a perfect complement to Trey. He's an improving shooter. He's comfortable as the ball handler, could be an additional playmaker on the floor, and he shows some flashes of being able to create his own shot and can can create mismatches with his size at 6'10 as a ball handler. So I like to fit there, even though Atlanta – Already has Jalen Johnson, who could, you know, you can say plays somewhat similar, but the Hawks just have a lot of redundancy there. But at least they have their franchise cornerstone, unlike the Orlando Magic. All right, when we return, I'll finish out picks 13 through 30. Going to have to, uh, you know, speed it up a little bit here. But I want to talk to you about Bet Online, which was the title sponsor for today. And Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football marches towards the end, towards the Super Bowl in less than a week, I am a Bengals fan, and I am not a new school Bengals fan. I have been a Bengals fan since 1988. And I give you a brief story. I'm left-handed, and at the time, Boomer Esiason was the only left-handed quarterback that I remember playing. And I just became a big fan of Boomer Esiason, Icky Woods, Eddie Brown. I mean, for some of my listeners, it, it may I may be dating myself here. So I am a Bengals fan. I don't really watch football, but I will tune in to watch the Bengals in the Super Bowl, even though I think I might jinx them because I haven't watched them in years. But anyway, Bet Online is the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. And that is because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, once again, it's Rafael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkies. I'm giving my mock draft, and it's based off of the Tankathon standings and also a little bit of positional needs and fit. So it's not just, I'm just plugging guys in based off of a, a big board. At number 13, I have the Memphis Grizzlies selecting Jan Montero. And the situation in Memphis is similar to Atlanta where they have the luxury of being able to gamble on upside. Similar to how they did last year with Zaire Williams. And I was totally against that pick if you remember. But Montero fresh out of the Dominican Republic doesn't really pass the eye test and he won't wow you with like physical gifts but he's I think he's the dynamic scorer that could provide instant offense off the bench for a Grizzly Grizzlies team that looks like is going to be a championship contender for the very near future all right here's another shocker for you and number 14 I have the Charlotte Hornets selecting 
Walker Kessler. And I was ready, getting ready to call him Kessler Walker. It is, it, it stumps me almost every time. But I'm going to reach here, and this fit will be based off fit and need. And I'm going to gamble on the Auburn Center who left North Carolina <laughs> to go play closer to home and for a better opportunity at Auburn. And now, based off of where I have him on my mock, he returns to the Tar Heel State as a Charlotte Hornet. So that would be interesting to see if the fans will boo him. But I think long as he's blocking shots like he's been doing at Auburn, I don't think the fans will care that he left North Carolina. If anything, it's going to make the Carolina, even though it's a new coach situation, look like they just didn't know what to do with him. Now, hopefully... If the Hornets do select Kessler, I was ready to call him Walker, but if they do select him, hopefully the fans won't be lazy and compare him to Cody Zeller. I think that's a lazy comparison that, you know, doesn't take rocket scientists to figure out why they may be compared. But I think that his defensive impact and I think that his underrated offensive skill set would be a good fit next to LaMelo Ball. Well, that wraps up this episode. Again, I apologize if I sound like I was rambling or if I sound a little tired. I'm coming off 13-hour flight, but thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Now, check out Locked On Bets. It is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free, and it is available wherever you get your podcast. Once again, it's Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies. I got a big announcement coming up soon. I'll wait, and I'm just giving you a little bit of teaser, but it's a big announcement for me. It could be life-changing. Stay tuned. Once again, Raphael, NBA Draft Junkies, and I am out.